Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. So stop going to church. We're going to get there. But next week, I'm really excited about next week. We have something awesome we're doing. We have never done this in life for our church, and we love to do this more and more and more and more. But we are going to commission, we're going to send out Jared and Rose, Taylor and Little Girl Lyric across overseas in this year. They're leaving between Christmas and New Year's. They're going to plane ticket one way for a year. Amen? So, man, come out next week. I don't know they're, he's in the house back there somewhere being... AVL guy being crazy back there. But man, we're so excited about it. It's so cool to send them out to be there sitting in church, to be praying for them. And, you know, Jared was in my youth group a long time ago, man. And it's just cool to be a part of that story. And we believe that the best fruit grows in other people's trees. And so it's exciting for me to see this, just, a, just how God moves in a full circle. And next week, I encourage you to come out and pray for him, encourage him. We believe in him. It takes a church to pray for them. Man, they're making inroads. Uh, Jared's going to be serving out there, teaching a class. Can you believe that? On some video stuff, doing some crazy stuff with the kids. And, and uh, Rose is going to be volunteering in a hospital called The Cure and making a difference. So come out next week. Can you guys do that? Give us some love and support. And uh, man, what a crazy thing. So today, we're going to jump into Psalm 92. I'll make a promise for you. This promise is pretty simple, that if you were to apply what I say today, some of you guys in two years are going to look back and say, man, that was the day God started to do something significant in my life. That was the day. I mean, I can mark down, man, there was something that changed in my life. And you're like, man, that sounds like an overstatement. I promise you, man, go back in a decade. At some point, you'll say, man, somebody's going to say, hey, this is the day that I saw church differently. This is the day that my life changed significantly for the cause of Christ. I'll start with a story. Uh, this story happened a few weeks ago as an Oktoberfest. Anybody serve there for our church, Oktoberfest? Cool, one person. That's awesome. <laughs> Love it. We did glitter tattoos. Some of you guys got some tattoos. I'm not going to tell you where they're at. Um, but they did glitter tattoos for the kids and had sorts of fun. And so at this event, this guy came up to me, and I'm just going to give him a name called Matt, okay? That's not his name. But I'm going to call him Matt. He came to me and said, man, I love going to your church. I love going to church, man. It's so awesome. Man, I love your preaching. I'm like, dude, thanks, man. I love you. Love our church and you love our preaching. And he's like, I love your worship, man. You guys' worship is just amazing. I love it. I love it. I love it. Man, I love going. I love being a part of it. It's just, it's so exciting to see, you know. And you're like the only church out here in, in the community, like getting involved right now. I'm like, look, there's nobody else here at the church. And man, this guy's just jazzed about going to church. And he kept telling me, I go to your church, man. I go to your church, man. I love going to your church. I love going to your church. It's over and over. It's like, man, this is getting crazy. And his wife's like, I'm like, you know, like. Are you serious? Like, you know, she's looking at like, uh, do you really go to church there, you know, kind of thing? And he's like, man, I love going. So you guys love going to church? Look at your neighbor and say, I love going to church. I love going to church. I don't know if, you, I don't know if I believe that or not, but <laughs> we'll get there. I love going to church. And he tells me, man, we met like six, six, uh, six months ago at a different event. I'm like, oh, that's cool. He's like, I remember meeting you. And he's like, man, I just love it, you know. And I started to go in this church right now, and it's just not full of faith, you know. Like, they just need more faith and this and this and this. I'm like, okay, so I'm trying to track along here, give some strategies. Like, so when's the last time you came to Real Life Church? He's like, well, it's been a while. I was like, go like a life group or something? He's like, no, man. It's like, it's been like, you know, like Christmas, I think, Christmas. I was like, that's cool. Like, you know, I love you came at Christmas. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's kind of the only time we ever went. It's like, oh, okay. Well, like, love going to our church. I like that, man. You know? And he starts like, where are you going now? He's like, my other church, other church in town. And man, I just need more faith. You know, I need to do this and this and this. I'm like, okay, that's, that's cool. You know, whatever. And he starts talking about another pastor in town. And, and I'm like, yeah, I know him. I'm actually really good friends with him. He's like, oh, man, I love their church. Their worship is off the chain, man. Like, if you got their worship, man, it's their preacher, though, it's, it's all right. But if you took somebody else's preaching and you put it in that church, man, that church would be the best church in town. You know what I'm saying? Like, that would be a good church to go to. I'm like, sir, going, okay, this is kind of, I'm getting a little irritated because I'm a pastor, so I'm like trying to protect these things. So I said, I made a comment 
that maybe was a little surprising to him, maybe surprising to us today, but I made this comment. I said, hey, Matt, you got to listen up, man. Maybe it's time to stop going to church. Huh? It's like, yeah, I got to stop going to church. Like, you're just going to church. Man, you got to get planted in a church. Like, you got to get planted somewhere. And I'm going to tell you this morning, man, your, God's highest calling for your life isn't to go to a church. It's not to show up to a destination. It's not to be in the four walls, but it's to be conformed to the image of Christ. Amen? God's not calling you to show up and sit and take up a chair and then go out and do whatever you want to do with all the rest of the week. God's calling you to be conformed to the image of the Son. God's calling you to be different. God's calling you to make a difference in the world, man. I love going to church, but, man, I love being planted in a church. God's highest calling for you is to be sent out into the world. Amen? I'm excited about next week to be sent out. So maybe instead of going to church, maybe it's time to get planted in a church. This guy's looking at me like, I can't believe you said that. You know, some people come to Next Steps. I have the awesome privilege of leading this Next Steps. And they'll tell you like 10,000 reasons why they hate every church they've ever been to, which is always kind of fun because we always have that, right? History of churches and stuff. And sometimes it's like, man, just no winning. Like this, every church is never measuring up to a 10. It's never getting there. And it's like, have you ever gone to the gym and like looked at everybody and said, look, they all got six packs. They're looking, they're like all looking fly, man. Like you go to church, like ain't nobody got six pack. And they, they're no perfect people. If you find a perfect church, let me know. I'll be the first one going there, you know what I'm saying? Like, they just don't exist. There's no perfect people. But some people, like, they're so hung up on what a church should be like. And you're like, man, maybe God's calling you to plant a church. And I've told that to a few people, and they kind of look at me like, what? I'm like, well, you know, like, every church isn't measuring up. Like, you can't get planted. Maybe you should plant. And they're just looking at me like, you're crazy, bro. I'm like, well, you, okay, what, maybe I'm crazy. You guys probably think I'm crazy. It's cool. All right, so Psalm 92, check this out. This is what it looks like. So the righteous will what? Say it out loud. They will flourish. Somebody say flourish. flourish. Man, they will flourish like a palm tree. Man, that's cool. What does that mean, right? They'll grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Man, check this out. Get some context. So they'll flourish. Anybody use the word flourish all the time? That's not the word I use. You say, hey, Sean, how you doing? I'm flourishing. <laughs> flourishing. Some of you guys are like, dude, I'm not going back to this church. This guy's flourishing. I want you to go to the gym and see some big lunk and be like, dude, you're flourishing, man. <laughs> I'll preach, you, I'll preach your funeral for free, you know what I'm saying? We'll take an offering up for your medical bills somewhere in the face. But the word flourishing, man, this is a great word for be planted in the church, man. It, it means thriving. It means growing. Literally, the righteous are planted. They're thriving. They're prospering. He compares this to two trees. It's a cedar tree and a palm tree. He says a cedar tree. So if you ever worked with cedar, man, this is a durable wood. It's, it's it resist, water resistant. Man, this thing actually smells good. Like this material, you cut, you cut cedar, and you're like, man, this is cedar. You have a cedar, you may have a cedar closet. Nope, not me. That's cool either. A cedar chest, probably no, but cedar deck, maybe. All right, but, yeah, but cedar, that's the wood that, of choice, right? It's, it's actually kind of a beautiful wood to look at. And so in the Old Testament, Solomon actually built most of the temple with cedar, like the pillars and the posts and the beams and the roof, because this cedar is hard to come by. This cedar is, is something that grows and something that people want. And also, this, look at this palm tree. So this palm tree is a symbol of victory. This palm tree is a symbol of triumph. It says we are flourishing, we are triumphant, we are victorious. In the Corinthian Games, back in the, uh, in the Bible times, instead of the modern-day Olympics, when you won the Corinthian Games, you got first place, guess what you got? You got a palm branch. That's awesome. <laughs> Where's my gold medal? Here's my trophy. You get a palm branch because it means victory. It's victorious. Man, think of Jesus when he came into Jerusalem. He's riding on that donkey with it laying down in the streets. Palm branches, and they're waving palm leaves, saying Hosanna, Hosanna. This is the triumphal entry. This is our king. This is our victory over sin. This is the triumphant one. This is what this significant is for us. So how are you doing today? Are you guys flourishing? Are you guys flourishing today? So we got one person flourishing. That's, this is the right audience to be preaching about flourishing too, right? Are you growing? Are you blessed? Man, are you strong? Are you stable? Man, are you pleasing to be around others? Man, I love about these two trees. Guess what? They're evergreens. They're green year-round. That means whatever season they're in, they're producing fruit. They're growing. Can you say that about your life? 
No matter what, man, I'm, I'm exactly where God wants them to be. I'm growing. I'm making a difference. I'm thriving. Check out the rest of this verse. It says in Psalm 92, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree that grow like cedar of Lebanon. Who will flourish? Those that are planted in the house of the Lord. Man, I love this idea, planted in the house. They'll flourish in the courts of God, man. Not those who go to church, but those who are planted in church. They still still bear fruit when they're in old age. Am I preaching to somebody yet? Barry? <laughs> That's my chance to get back at him. They'll bear fruit in the old age. I'm, I'm happy about that because I know, hey, when I get up in age, man, I want to make a difference for God to the day God takes my last, last breath, man, I want to make a difference. Man, they'll stay fresh and green, proclaim the Lord is upright. He is my rock. Man, this is the words of the planted. Man, I'm flourishing. I'm prospering. I'm growing. I'm blessed. Man, I'm fresh. I'm connected. Man, I'm relationally prosperous. Man, I have relationships around me. I'm making a difference. I'm fulfilled. You know, unfortunately, a lot of us, we probably wouldn't use those words for our life. Maybe a little, a little different, like, hey, instead of flourishing, I'm just a little spiritually dry, you know? Like, I don't know. I'm not having a hard time getting the Bible. I'm not really hearing from God. Or maybe like, man, I'm not thriving emotionally. I'm kind of emotionally withered. Just kind of worn out a little bit. I'm just a little stressed. I know I'm blessed, but I'm just still a lot stressed. Maybe I'm, I thought I might be in connected relationship, but I'm realizing I'm really relationally poor. There's not a lot of relationships. I meet so many people so many times, like, man, I just have nobody. I'm just, I'm, I'm just lonely. I don't have people in my life. You know, instead of prospering financially, man, I'm just financially stressed. Or maybe instead of being fulfilled spiritually, making a difference, you feel like you're plugged in and you're, you're firing all cylinders for Jesus. You're like, man, I'm just searching. Like, I'm just looking for something. Like, I'm, I'm searching for hope. Like, I'm just looking for that next hit, that next buzz, that next relationship. Like, there's a hole in my life I'm trying to fill, and I haven't figured it out yet. Man, I go to church all the time, but anything but flourishing. Man, I'll tell you this. Your life is a seed. Can somebody say a seed? You guys are with me. I like that. This, what does that mean? That means you, your life has tremendous potential when planted. When you plant your life into the soil of a life-giving church, guess what it is? Tremendous potential, it's, it's potential to grow, to, to, to uh, flourish, to thrive, to multiply, to produce fruit. But guess what? If you don't plant that seed, what happens? No potential, right? Like it takes healthy seed and healthy soil for something to grow. So you don't plant your life into the things of God. You'd be unfruitful. It could be dormant, unproductive, and barren. Maybe you're in that season where you're like, man, I don't know what's going on. Like I'm doing all this right stuff. I'm going to church, but this is not making a difference. Like it's just, I feel like I show up and I'm not really firing all cylinders for God. What makes a difference? You got to get planted. So I'm going to give you a couple principles of planting in the seed. This is a real simple principle, man. A seed cannot grow without being planted. That's it. Message over. Mic drop. You guys are... All right. Nothing here, right? Man, who flourishes? Check it out. Those who are planted in the house of God. Man, Jesus told this story, told a parable in Matthew 13 about the sower, a farmer who sows seeds. He plants seeds. It says this. He threw out seeds. So this guy's taking seed. You, you might do this if you don't have a spreader and you're out there throwing seed, trying to get your lawn to grow. And if you threw it too late, nothing came up this year like most of my neighbors did and I was laughing. All right, no big deal. <laughs> God did the last day you could do it because I know these kind of things. I'm like, dude, germination time. Throw it out. Let's go. Anyway, so you might be throwing seed out. It might hit the, the, the hard soul, right? Like the sidewalk. Might hit the path, and all of a sudden the birds just come and eat up, and nothing happens. And then you throw it, and it hits the shallow soil, and it pops up, and the sun hits it, and the roots aren't deep, and the boom just burns and dies. And then you might throw it into the thorns, and it grows up, and it sprouts, and it's doing awesome, it's growing, and all of a sudden it's just choked out by the thorns. The Bible says the worries and the concerns of life choke it out. You guys seen the metaphor yet? Like some, some of us have unlimited potential, but we just never get out of the ground. Like some of us just hit that hard rock, and it's just boom, just there. And then some of us, we start to grow and boom, just fade out. And then some of us, we start growing spiritually. We get connected. We feel like it's all working. And all of a sudden, we get choked out by the worries and concern, the bills, man, the bills, the stress, the relationships just choke us out of a spiritual life. But then Jesus, he brings up this last type of soil. He said the seed was planted in the soil that was good soil. Somebody say good soil. Good soil. 
this is good soil, man. It multiplies. It says it grows. It multiplies 30, 60, even 100 times. This one seed produces a massive blessing because it was planted in good soil. I'm going to tell you from my experience of my life that you have to have good seed planted in good soil to grow something. Amen? Like, you have to have that in your own life. If you're not planted into a church, if you're not planted in the relationships that help you grow, guess what? Those relationships are going to take you down. Those relationships aren't going to build you up in all the things that God has for you. You have to have good soil. So who flourishes? Those who are planted in the soil of the house of God. The second principle is this. Planting the seed, if you're looking at this, going to church is not the same as being planted. Going to church is so different. It's a real different thing. Maybe this week you had a conversation with your spouse or your family. You're like, man, is it going to snow Sunday? Are we going to make it to church? Like, you're like, man, I got to rearrange the sports schedule and like my lake trip. And like, is this going to work out? Can I still catch like that? What's that new restaurant down here that it, you guys are all talking about? Dude, that's not the one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't want to admit, sorry, I don't know if that's you. Who was that? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I knew I should have read. You like the Cracker Barrel, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay alive, man. All right. <laughs> But there's a real difference between, you know, like, man, I'm going to try to catch this. This is going to work out. Like, I'm gonna be, I might be tired. If I'm not tired, I may go. Man, are we going to church? I'm going to tell you something. When you're planting a church, that's not the question you really ever ask. There's a time where you're like, I'm going to go on vacation. We're going to make it. But are we going to church? Man, that does not cross my radar very often, you know. And you're like, well, you're, you're a paid Christian, you know. It's like, are we going to church? Yes, we're going to church. But long before I was a paid Christian, per se, right, before I was a pastor, before I was on staff at any church, I was planted in a church. In high school, I got planted in a church. In college, I went to church. I had no money. I was broke as a joke, but I went to church. I served. Matter of fact, believe this or not, no one's going to believe this. I sang in the choir for like a few weeks. The church shrank. <laughs> I didn't have played in the church worship band. It got worse. You know what I'm saying? I played my alto saxophone. Like, does that need to be in the worship team? You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody's getting a blessing from that, you know? But are we going to church, man? Church isn't a destination. It's not a destination. It's not a place you attend. It's a posture. It's an identity. It's who we are. Like, we are the church. We don't go to a church building. We build the church. Amen? Amen. We build it. That's what we do. This isn't just something we show up to and, like, man, that's a really cool stage. I love the, love the worship, man. I love the preaching. Like, there's so much more to church than what happens from this stage. There's so much more to church than what happens from all this in this room or this place on Sunday. This is one hour of your life, man. Like, what about the rest of the week? I'm going to tell you something. If you're just showing up to church and going to church, you're robbing yourself of a blessing. I'm going to tell you why. Because more blessed to, to give than receive. If you show up here and it's like, man, it's just for me and like, I'm just focused on, on what I've got in front of me, well, guess what? You're just getting out one part of the blessing. And it's less than half, I promise you that, because the Bible says it's more blessed to give than receive. Matter of fact, it's more blessed, so it's more blessed to actually give back. Like what you do the six days after this is way more important than what you do in this hour. We all can raise our hands, but I love Jesus, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but you're making a difference in the world, right? Like we're serving those around us, we're loving those around us. Man, there's a reason we call this the gathering, man. Jesus, he used a word called ecclesia. Ecclesia. It means gathering of called out ones. The gathering of called out ones. We call this the gathering. I know it's like across like a, a different cultural statement. Like a lot of times we say service. And you know, if you're talking to people, like they know that as a service, but we don't really do service here. Like we're not like, oh, let's serve somebody, you know, it's like serve me, you know. There's no service here. We gather together. Jesus calls us to gather and then to scatter. He calls us to get together, get encouraged. Now, I'm a little encouraged today. I'm encouraged by my wife singing that song. I was like, dude, that was so good. Man, just that leather jacket, you know, like just, man. Third kid's coming. <laughs> All right, I'll stop. I'll stop. Dude, but we're called to gather, honor God. You know, we're called to corporately worship. Man, your faith challenges my faith. I, sometimes I borrow people's faith in here. They're like, man, God can do this. I'm like, can he? You know, I'm like, I guess he can. Yeah, you're with it. You know, like, I mean, you're in tune with God. I need to get some more faith. You know, sometimes I've seen you guys, man, all the time people are texting me, man, I'm praying for you. I'm like, man, that's awesome. I hope everybody gets this much encouragement. 
Like, I know it's tough in your position, man. I'm praying for you. I know God's using you. I mean, it's just so incredible to be a part of a family of God. So much more than just showing up on a Sunday. You get to use your gifts, man. At church, you get to serve people and make a difference. Imagine just showing up and listening on, or listening online to, to a preacher. You don't get to exercise your gift. Some of you guys have the gift of compassion. You have the gift of encouragement. You get to speak life into people. You get to serve somebody. You get to make a difference. You don't get to exercise that when you listen to somebody preach online, which I love listening to online preachers. Come on now. I know you guys are just like, I'm not looking up Sean Preacher. I'm looking up Lou Giglio, you know what I'm saying? Some Craig Rochelle. I mean, I can list them all, and I love listening to them. That's great. But guess what? You rob yourself of a blessing. You rob yourself of a blessing and give them back, which is way more important than taking in because it takes a healthy seed, which is you, and it takes healthy soil, which is the church. Now, I believe more than anything that the goal, the goal of the church is not to tell people how to run their lives. That's not our goal to tell you, like, you should do this and you should do that, and here's a bunch of rules. But the goal is to create a healthy place for God to grow you. Amen? You imagine planting a plant. What do you actually do to grow a plant? Seed, soil, water, nutrients, sunlight. We don't do anything that plant, do we? God grows the plant just like God grows you. And our job at Real Life Church is to create an environment, create a space, create a soil where people get planted, amen? And if you're in a church growth business where you care about people and you're like, man, I want people to grow closer to God, guess what you got to do? You got to nourish the soil, which means you don't just go to church. It means you get planted in church, amen? Get planted in church. You know, if you listen to online preachers, sometimes you think, man, that's just cool. I love doing that. You know, I think about where's your relationship with your spiritual father or your spiritual son? Maybe your spiritual mom, maybe your spiritual daughter. Like, how do you have that relationship? How are you building up the body of Christ? Like, how do you have any accountability? I, sometimes I think about this. It's like, imagine, like, raising your own kids through voicemail. <laughs> they just kind of check the voicemail, like, I love you, son. You know, it's like, that's not what matters, you know? Like, it's so much deeper than that. I know, man, my preaching's better than the response, but we're going to get there someday. All right? <laughs> There's one. I like it. <laughs> But when you follow Christ, man, we realize that we are the church. We exist for the world, amen? We don't exist for us. We get, we get pumped up, we get encouraged, and then we get sent out to scatter so we can love on people and share the news of Jesus with them. We get planted into a calling, into a movement, and into a mission. It's so much different than showing up, amen? A calling, a movement, and a mission. I believe this, man, it takes two things for a seed to grow. It takes healthy, a healthy seed and healthy soil. You know, if you just go to church and you focus on what remains, it's only you. If you show up and you go to church, it's just focused on the seed. Man, you can experience God. You can be in his presence. You can be changed by his power but not be involved. I mean, you cannot go to life group and pour out into somebody, which is so important. I mean, so many people need spiritual dads and spiritual moms. Or not go to life group and get poured in because I need that too. I'm the pastor. I'm just another sheep, dude. I'm just like another guy. I'm not special. I don't have like some holy, you know, some awards that make me some special guy. Like I need people to pour into my life just as much as anybody else. Maybe you're not on the dream team and using your gift and making a difference. Man, you're just robbing yourself of a blessing. And I love it. I absolutely love it. You know, you guys, you guys like, man, don't set up Sean. Like, don't be pushing this. Don't be pulling chairs. Like, I love doing that stuff. I love jumping out there and making a difference. I don't care what I'm doing for Jesus. Man, I'm sweeping this floor. I'm telling you, I love doing it. I love making a difference in people's lives. I mean, that's just what we're called to do. That's who we are. And the problem at the end of the day, if you just focus on going to church, you end up relationally poor. You end up relationally poor. You know, you may still believe in God. You may have a relationship with God, but guess what? You're not going to have a victory. You don't have people praying for you. You don't have those surround you. There's no joy. There's no passion. There's no peace. No purpose. Maybe like, man, marriage is going sideways. Nobody's speaking into it. You're just kind of surviving. You're like the Lone Ranger Christian. You're believing alive, isolation, like do it on your own. You know, you can make it on your own. You can't make it on your own. But if you get planted in church, guess what? You experience God and you get changed and you get a family around you. And guess what? Life is not perfect. Life is still difficult. But you have people that pick you up and carry you when you need it most. You can become strong. You get connected. You feel blessed. I mean, your relationship rich. I love that. My life is not perfect, but I've got people in my life I go to when I struggle. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm having a hard day. Like, can you pray for me? My truck's back in the shop, you know? Like, my finances are looking a little sideways. Like, can you help me out here? Like, can, can you just pray with me on this? Like, I have that in my life. It's because I have a family. 
I got planted in a church, amen? You get to make a difference, to fulfill the joy. I mean, get to flourish. I mean, the church is not a place. It's not a destination. It's not a building. Check this out. It's a people who want to go closer to God together and serve the world, amen? It's a people. It's a people. Don't forget it's the people. It's not about showing up. It's not about hearing, oh, that was a great message. Well, that's cool, man. What'd you do with it, you know? Like, how, who, who are you impacting? Like, who, who are you empowering? Who are you telling about Jesus? Who are you praying for? Like, who are you serving? Who, who's your neighbor? How are you loving somebody? Like, I know what happens up here. That's cool. We can all do that. But what are we doing with the cause of Christ, man? Your life is a seed. In order to grow, it must be planted. So when you're planting, two things happen. One, your roots grow deep. Check it out. Jeremiah 17, 8 says this. They're like trees planted along a riverbank whose roots that reach deep into the water. And they grow deep. What happens? Such, such trees are not bothered by heat or worried by long months of drought. Man, anybody got some heat in their life right now? Nobody, because it's snowing right now in November. It is freezing. What is going on, right? We all got some heat, though, right? We all got some trials. We all got things we're facing right now. We all got some setbacks. We all got the bills coming in. We all got things that are happening in our life. We all got some heat. But there's some of us that say, you know what? When the heat comes and the drought's long, guess what? I'm planting something so much deeper than the water of this earth. My roots go much, so much farther into something heavenly. I'm planting the things of God. I'm planted into a church. And you know what? My, my leaf is not going to wither, man. I'm going to produce fruit in all seasons of my life. I don't care if it looks good. My life is looking ugly. But guess what? I'm producing something for God. I'm going to be faithful what he's put in my hand. Amen? That our roots go deep together. I, mean, I did some research on roots because, like, I don't, I only work on Sundays, you know. <laughs> Just a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> One person got That's cool. You'll get it later. It's cool. So I only work on Sundays, and, uh, and I golf a lot. I lied twice on the stage already. All right. So I've golfed one time since I've actually started going to church, and, uh, and, and Tucker Nelson still comes, and that's just out of pity for me. Um, I did a terrible job of golfing, and so anyway, long story. Um, but yeah, I work all week long, just so everybody knows. I mean, I actually put in some hours, and it's a lot, but it works out. And so the roots, man, check this out. So I looked up in, a, in the Redwood Forest, Northern California. Man, you got these big Redwood trees, and I've actually never been there. Anybody been there? Jews, yeah. <laughs> Love those trees, man. Shout down those trees. <laughs> Man, these are, these are the largest living organism on earth. Isn't that crazy? I, never, I didn't ever knew that. These things grow to 30 stories high and three stories wide. I'm like, wow, that is crazy big. And so how can they do this? How can they get so big? Man, imagine how, how would that hold up in the air? And it's because the root system is so deep. Matter of fact, the root system could go down 100 to 150 feet deep and also 100 to 150 feet wide. Here's the point. There's more beneath the surface than you can see. There's more beneath the surface than you can ever imagine. Matter of fact, if you do the math, it's uh, four times more below in the roots, the square footage, than there is above in the tree. There's something more going on. They're planted deep. Matter of fact, you have a 30-story tree over here, you have a 30-story tree over here, and their, their roots actually interconnect to each other and hold on tight. Matter of fact, they need each other. They wouldn't survive without having each other next to each other, holding up in the drought and the seasons and the wind and the storms. I mean, this is a great picture of the church, isn't it? That we have the roots growing deep and we're connected relationally to somebody else that we need each other. Man, for us, we face opposition all week long, man. We go out, we face the trials. We're facing, we're taking ground from the enemy. We have doubts, we have struggles. You guys are going to interact with some crazy people in the week, don't you? If you don't interact with crazy people, I'll give you two. You know, I have two kids, so there it is. It worked out again. All right, we'll throw some at you. They get a little crazy sometimes, right? But if you're not planted, man, you're going to face life alone. I believe this, man, the devil is the only person in the world that wants you to face life alone. The devil, that's the spiritual enemy. That's his, that's, his, that's his goal for your life, to keep you isolated, to keep you vulnerable, to keep you from being planted into the body of Christ, to keep you from the, doing the things that God wants you to do. It's so easy to say, man, I got this. Man, I don't want anybody to know my struggle. I don't want anybody to, I'll be embarrassed. If they knew my finances, if they knew my addiction, if we knew that, we would pray for you and help you. We would love you. 
We would serve you. We'd believe in you. We'd open our doors to you. We'd welcome you. We wouldn't, we wouldn't ostracize you. We wouldn't alienate you. We wouldn't say, oh, don't come back. We don't want that. We don't care. Man, we're all sinners saved by grace. Like, we, we need that. We will love you to the cross. We'll give, we'll give God as much time to clean up your life as Satan did jacking it up. Amen? Like, we'll get you where you need to go. We're going to struggle. We'll struggle with you. If you need to fight, we'll fight together with you. We're here for each other. Amen? We're called to be that. We need to be trees planted into the body of Christ. Man, we need a family. I need you and you need me. Man, we need each other. I feel a song coming on right now. <laughs> we need each other. Man, how encouraging it is when people are praying for you. Amen? Me read somebody text you, man, I'm praying for you. Like, right that right moment, God put it together. You're like, man, thank you. Like, I was ready to quit, but you're praying for me. I mean, how powerful it is to borrow somebody else's faith? It's like, man, you know, I can't do this, man. Marriage is too tough. I can't make it. You can make it, man. I went through the same stuff, man. I went through this. You're like, you did? And all of a sudden, it's like, wow, that was a lot harder than I'm going through. Like, this might be just doable. All of a sudden, you're borrowing somebody's faith. Man, you need that in your life, man. You need your roots to grow deep. But also, second thing is this, your life produces fruit. I mean, look at it again, Jeremiah 17, 8. It says, when the roots that reach down deep in the water, such trees are not bothered by heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. What's fruit? Man, Apostle Paul mentioned this in Galatians chapter 5. Talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Talk about love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I mean, even though you're in a difficult season of life, guess what? Something's going to grow out of that difficult season. Some of you guys are going through some droughts. But guess what's going to happen? Some joy is going to spring up. Amen? It's going to be a little difficult and you got diagnosed with something, but you know what? I'm still going to find my faith and my courage in God. Some of you going through some painful stuff, but the peace of God is going to rule in your life. Sometimes you go, life doesn't make sense, but you can be faithful what God put in your hand. Sometimes you can pray and you're searching and nothing's changing, nothing's happening, but guess what? You're going to have some self-control. You're not going to give up. You're not going to be angry. Your family's going to be going sideways. Somebody say something, you're going to have some self-control. You're going to be a steady Eddie. You know why God allows you to have fruit in the hard seasons of life? You know why he allows you to have fruit when it's difficult, when things don't make sense? But everybody's just watching you going, man, how, what's he going to do next? That fruit doesn't exist just for you, man. That fruit exists for other people, amen? All of a sudden, they're seeing you get squeezed. You feel like an orange or get produced an orange juice, right? An apple produces apple juice in your life. You get squeezed. What happens? And that joy of the Lord that comes out and that hard scene's life, you're producing fruit. Guess what happens? Somebody else sees, sees your joy and they say, man, how does he have joy in that? I need to be more like him. How does he have that? How does he produce that joy is overflowing? Man, that guy loves people. His life was such a mess. If whatever happened to him happened to me, I would hate people. But he chooses to love people because of the cross. Man, I'm going to choose to love people like him. I'm going to choose to be like that person. I want to serve a God like that he serves. Isn't that incredible the fruit in our life is produced for other people? We can see people change. Man, there's a thrill part of this. I don't know if you have the thrill of serving God and you got the thrill of serving God. There's a thrill involved with serving God. I mean, it's like the Christian cocaine, you know? Like, we can say that. Can we say that? Just cut that out. Man, you just want to, it's like, man, I got, I got to do something for God. Man, I got to pray for somebody. Man, I love making a difference. I want to pray for somebody. I want to give to somebody. Man, I love giving back. Man, you know, uh, uh, Frank was setting up all these chairs. This is like half the chairs. He set up like 500 chairs in here on Thursday. And I was like, man, I'll come help you out. Like, he just kind of mentioned in passing. I was like, I'll be there. So I show up with him. He's like, it's just you? I'm like, it's just me, Frank. <laughs> just a little old me. But guess what? I do the work of 10 men. So we're going to get this done in five minutes. Let's go. So I threw out all the chairs myself. And he just put them out there. And my hands all cramped up. And I'm like, no, it's good, man. My hand's feeling good. Don't worry about it. You know, we keep setting these chairs up. He's so excited. I love serving. I love giving back. Man, making a difference. Man, be the voice of encouragement. Pick somebody up. I love doing that. Man, serve somewhere. Man, you don't know the difference you're going to make. You look back in 10 years, 5 years, 3 years. I got a text. This is so appropriate. I got a text. Last night, there's a kid in my youth group, and he served alongside me for a long time. He graduated high school. He came, came to youth group, started serving. 
And uh, he, he, I taught him some of the AVL stuff, and I'm not like a, a guru by any means, but I taught him not to be dangerous. We started serving at these events called Alive, and we we're reaching tens, teens for Christ like crazy. Long story short, he ends up going to college down in, in Springfield. He gets connected to a church that he connected through us called Courageous, which is an incredible church. And all of a sudden, he gets on their production team. And, and now he's serving, doing all this crazy stuff. And he texted me this last night. He said, hey, man, just got done with the men's conference here at Courageous. I just want to thank you for teaching me production stuff. Man, I got to do the lights for the event last night. I had a blast. Just wanted to let you know that you're, I'm still pouring into people's lives. It's having a responding impact even outside of KC. He sent me a bunch of photos from the event. Man, that is so encouraging. I'm just telling you, man, the longer you're in the vineyard, the sweet, the sweeter the fruit. I'm just telling you, you start pouring people's lives. You're going to get text messages someday. When you serve with teenagers, somebody's going to tell you, man, I don't have a dad, but you're my dad. Somebody's going to tell you that, I promise you. Somebody's say, I don't have a mom in my life, but you're my mom. Hey, when I come home to Kansas City, I just stay with you. You made such a big impact in my life. I love what, I love what you're doing for Christ. Man, I just can't put into words how, much, how thankful I am for you. Man, thanks for pouring to me. Thanks for giving me that car. Man, thanks for praying with me. Thanks for knowing my name. Man, thanks for showing up and giving me a hug my first Sunday. I had no idea what to do. I haven't got a hug in years. Man, I felt so unlovable. If you knew my story, you would never care about me. But I came back. You made a difference in my life. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. Man, this is the kind of stuff people are going to tell you, amen? You start pouring into people's lives, all of a sudden it starts changing things. You're going to welcome somebody who's got like a man bun. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you got to put man in front of it. It makes it cooler, you know? But you're going to welcome somebody who looks different than you. You're going to welcome somebody who's got tattoos and more than you thought they'd have. You're like, whoa, that's crazy. It's like, man, I love it, you know? You're welcoming somebody that looks totally different than you and you're like, man, I love you. Thanks for being here. And like, man, thanks for welcoming me. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. It's all about relationship. If somebody comes in this, in this building, when we gather, they don't feel the love of Christ, man, we're doing terrible. You know what I'm saying? Like people should feel the presence of God. We should be loving on people, caring about people because we're planted. We're inviting people into the soul. Come on, get planted with us. Grab somebody and get them planted, amen? Man, you gotta figure it out, man. I love this, man. God choose me. Can we say that? God choose me. Man, put me in. I won't be on the bench. Like, get me off the bench. I hate sitting on the bench. It looks terrible, you know? Like, I want to be making a goal. Do something, man. Put me in the team. I don't care if I'm sweeping the floor. My microphone can be a broom. Just put me in. I want to be part of the story of God. Man, this is your time. This is your place. This is your family. Man, I belong. I can use my gift here. I can use my passion here. Man, I can make a difference here. I can make somebody's life different. Man, I'm supposed to be planting the house of God. Amen? You're not just saved uh, from your sins, but you're saved for the glory of God. There's a massive difference between going to church and being planted into a calling or into a movement, into the mission of God. Man, who flourishes? Only those who are planted into the house of God, man. How are you planted? How are you planted? You know, we started this church just about a year and a half ago. And every single gathering we've had, we've offered a thing called Next Steps. These Next Steps are designed to help you discover your purpose and make a difference. We believe that God has a radical purpose for your life. We want to hear your story. And what's your spiritual story? Everybody's got a different one, right? We all have a different starting spot, which is great. We want to help you along that story. We're going to say we're here for you. We love you. Man, welcome home. The only way we can pray for you. We could help you into the family of God. We want to get you planted in the church. We want to help you use your gift to make a difference in somebody's life. And we don't leave people in, their, in, in themselves. We want to help them get planted. And so we offer that next step every single gathering, every single gathering. Even when we go to two, we're offering every single gathering because we believe when you get planted into the church. I mean, let's do this together. Can we do that? I believe it's time as a church we get planted. I know we, uh, all you guys, a lot of you guys are like, man, I, I serve here every week. I do this stuff. Man, we're thankful for you. But if you're not serving, if you're not planted, if you're like, man, I don't know if I, I'm not sure if I'm planted. Well, I'm going to give you a newsflash. You're probably not planted. You'll know when you're planted, right? I'm going to tell you this. No one's strong enough to fight off spiritual opposition on their own. No one's strong enough to fight temptation on their own. No one's strong enough to go to church once a month. No one's strong enough to just go to church once a month and, and win victory in a spiritual battle. It just doesn't happen. Man, God wants you to make a difference. Man, we're called to be open-handed people. 
We're called to be generous. We're called to give back. We're called to make a difference. God wants you to serve more than just scrolling through Instagram and Facebook and feeling bad. And you're like, man, that's terrible. That's terrible. Do make a difference here. There's so many needs in our community. There's so many things in our church we love to do. There's so many people that all these chairs, you know, there's so many people you drive down the city. It's like, man, where are they going, man? Where's the destination? What's God calling us to do? We're called to make a difference in the lives of people. Man, if it's not here in real life, I'm gonna make this very clear. If you cannot get planted here in real life, go somewhere else and get planted. You can, you can put that on an Instagram quote. Somebody put that out there for social media. I'll be like, well, pastor in town says, go somewhere else, man. Stop going to church and get planted. I know real life's not for everybody because, you know, if you like Sunday school, it's sitting for you, man. We don't have Sunday school. If you, if you like worship that's like more flowy and lasts for like an hour, it's not gonna be real life. I mean, if you like a preacher who wears a robe, Maybe. <laughs> Watch out. Come back next week. It's probably not for you. Probably not for you. Man, just like this guy, Matt, in the beginning of the story. Man, he, he just flowed from church to church. Never good enough. Never good enough. I've got friends like that. I've got pastors on staffs I've worked with that don't go to church because churches don't measure up to any kind of standard. I don't like this one. I don't like this one. I don't like this one. Hey, go to one and get planted. It's not what you like. Give back. Sacrifice. Man, we don't agree with everything. But we get planted, we don't float, we flourish. The only way to flourish is to get planted. Man, how are you doing today? Are you flourishing? Are you thriving? Man, life's not perfect, but I'm planted. It's not perfect, I'm planted. My roots are deep, my faith is strong, my, my family is praying for me. I'm loved, I'm a part of something bigger than myself. Man, I don't go to a building, I am building the church. I'm building the church every single day of the week. I come here and I set pipe and drape. I'm building the church, I'm moving this chair, I'm building the church. Uh, some of you guys are like, man, all I do is this one little thing. No, you make a difference. You're making a way, you're making an environment, you're making soil for people to get planted to. Every single time somebody shows up, we have people committing their life to Christ every single week. Every single week, God is doing something through you, man. Instead of building the church, man, we are here. We're instead of going to church, we're building the church. Man, I'm an ambassador of God, man. I gather to scatter, amen. Imagine if we all lived on mission this week and just brought one person to Christ. Just brought one person to church. Just invest in somebody. Don't even tell them about Jesus. Just love on them. Make them ask why you love them so much. Just give, just bless them so much this season. They're like, why do you keep blessing me? Because I love Jesus and I love you. And I'm gonna keep blessing you because I keep loving you. Man, gather to scatter, man. Planted in the house of God, man. Some of you are like, man, I'm not quite sure if I should get planted today. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, amen? Best time to plant a tree. When I went to Bible college, man, I kept looking around. I'm like, man, I was so jealous because all these guys have been planted their whole lives and they had this spiritual aura about them. I thought, man, I can never do that. Like, I'd never be a preacher. I could never live. Man, these guys are so spiritual. I call one guy the walking Holy Spirit. Is that blasphemous or what? You know? I'm like, you guys just so in tune with God. Like, how does he do it? Man, it's just being planted for so long, for so long. You're looking at somebody like, I can never be like that. Get planted. The second best day to plant the church is today, amen? So I'm gonna encourage you guys, get planted. Dude, serve God. God wants your life to flourish, not to float, but to flourish. Father, we come before you. God, we thank you so much for your word. God, I thank you so much that we're in a church, God, that's healthy, that's life-giving. God, I pray for people to get planted in the church today. God, do all what you can do. Move hearts. God, give us a desire to follow you. God, we want to be somewhere. God, we want to serve the capital C church. God, if it's not here in real life, God, I pray they find a church for them. God, I pray they wouldn't find excuses or find, oh, there's a problem here, here. God, just let them find a church. Let them see the blessing of relationships. I mean, everybody's head down. Nobody looking around. I'm not asking if you want to get planted today. I'm just asking if you're real honest with yourself right now, that those you say, yes, I'm a follower of Christ. I'm a Christian, but you know what? I'm, I'm no, I'm not planted. I'm not planted. You might say, well, I'm not sure. Well, guess what? If you're not sure, you're not planted. Maybe say, I'm a Christian, but I know I'm not planted. If that's you, you say a moment honestly, will you just lift your hand? I'm not gonna call you out and say, hey, I'm not planted. I see your hands up all across the room. Say, I'm not planted. Father, I pray today, God, that you'd plant us into a church. God, would you move us in desire to follow you? God, be part of a global movement, God, called the church. God, give us a heart to build your kingdom. 
God, help us to see your church, not just real life, God, but your church, the capital C, God's incomplete with our, without us being the family. God, help us to plant our gifts and our calling, God, to make a difference for the church. God, help us to be planted so we can flourish, God, be victorious and live triumphant lives. So we keep praying today. There are those of you who recognize, I asked a question earlier, are you a follower of Christ? Are you a Jesus follower? Somebody say, you know what? If I'm real honest with you, I know I'm not a Jesus follower. Then listen to me. Just like going to church isn't being planted, going to church isn't the same as being a follower of Christ. You can grow up in church your whole life. You can memorize the Bible. You can win the Timothy Award. Your mommy and daddy could told you the Bible every single night of your life, but it doesn't make you a Christian. It doesn't make you a Christ follower. So you gotta know who Jesus is. Jesus is the sinless, perfect son of God. He became sin on the cross as a perfect sacrifice for our forgiveness of sins. He died on the cross as a lamb of God. He died for our sins. And on the third day, he rose again from the grave. Why? So anyone that includes you and me that calls the name of Jesus shall be saved. And saved not just from our sins, but saved to make a difference in the world. In this room, there are those of you right now that you recognize you need forgiveness. And the time is now. The best time to follow Jesus was probably 20 years ago, but the second best time is today, amen? He can save you from your sins. He can give you new life. He'll fill you with his spirit. So all across this room, those of you who say, I need him, I need his grace. I need to turn from my sins. Today by faith, I give my life to him. If that's your prayer, would you lift your hands high right now? Nobody looking around, say, that's me, I need Jesus. Anybody say that today? I said, I need Jesus. I got my hands up. Anybody like that today? Say, I need Jesus. And I can hardly see out there, but if you got a hand up, I want you to, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Father God, just take my life. God, I've been trying to do my own strength, my own power, my own way, but God, I want to get planted into you, God. Help me to find a church. God, help me to try out this church. God, help me to get planted in the things of you, God. Thank you for sending your son Jesus down across my sin. God, you gave first, God, so I give my life to you. God, use it, take it any way you want to, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, will you guys stand and worship with us for a minute? This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.